I feel like I'm too pretty to be having problems right now. I am. (laughs) Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Carpet Time Confessions. I'm Tyler. And I'm Deja. And uh, Deja, how are you doing? Not good, bro. (laughs) Not good? Not good. Ain't no good, it's all bad. I can't say there's no good in the words of Usher, but I'm going to say there's some bad. Let me just, you know, I think all those weeks of me not having a thorn is finally Mm -hmm. catching up to me. See, that's why you should have been having bones to pick back then. Man, oh man, if I could take it all back, I would. But you know, the thorn, I'm going to start with that so that I can just move Mm -hmm. into the, the better. The thorn is just life. There's too much going on at once. I feel like I say that all the time, so I don't know what's technically, like, getting fixed, but same old, same old there. Okay. And, oh, my rose. I know what that is. Mm -hmm. So yesterday at work, I went to a conference, which was so interesting. It was called When Life Hands You Teenagers. And doing the work that I have done in my specialty being in early childhood education, my new position has stretched me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way to say it because it's not a bad thing, but a lot of the work that we do in the company that I work for, it tailors towards older children. And right. so I'm now in like the position of trying to figure out how I can take the expertise that I have from early childhood and figure that out with older kids or develop new trainings and experiences through our company that tailor mm-hmm. towards early childhood age children. But the oh. conference was incredible. Um, it happens every year, which I mean, of course, conferences happen, but just coming from <laughs> the world as a teacher where we don't really, you know, we need to be in places like that, but we don't really get to attend them. Right. Um, it was really incredible and there were a lot of educators and like counselors therapists there I guess I should say what the conference was about yeah <laughs> not like, just the title really, it's so big <laughs> so when life hands you teenagers was a conference focusing on teenagers and mental health and determining ways that we can help them to work towards different issues that they're having life experiences that they're going through to give them the tools and teach well not give them teach them the tools and the skills that they'll need to come out successful from that. And it was great. The first speaker Mm -hmm. killed it. I'm so glad she opened because she was just great. Her name is Jessica Minahan. And she wrote Mm -hmm. a book titled The Behavior Code. That's one of the books. She's also written others, but she was a, she is a behavior analyst from Massachusetts. And she talked about the work that she does in schools to help usually older kids, i.e. why the conference was tailored towards teenagers, but the work that she does to kind of help them learn skills that they need to deal with their emotions. And one of the things that I talked about, I think it was in the last episode with you, the like two for 10, where you like talk to a student for two minutes, 10 days straight. Yes. She brought that up at the training, so I thought that was so cool. 
Yeah. Um, to see that is something that like my company already does in the work that they do. And it's something that she recommended also. So the conference was great. There was a student panel, which was really interesting to get to hear from teenagers themselves and their perspective about what's going on and also about like what do they think they really need from adults because I think that's really important a lot of the times we just give them what we think they need instead of asking mm-hmm. and yeah that was really interesting to get to hear the perspective from the kids it was like facilitated by an adult and we got to ask mm-hmm. them questions afterwards and then there were two other speakers one he talked about like gaming and how to kind of help kids um, work towards having healthy gaming habits and being able to notice when they're unhealthy and things Mm -hmm. like that. And the last woman, her name was Mia. So Mia, don't know how to pronounce her last name, but the spelling is M-B-R-O-H. She released a book called A Sticky Story. And she was kind of talking about the different ways that we can work with kids to be able to really understand their perspective, but to also um, kind of make sure that we assist them like in their learning to have experiences where they can also put that into practice. So all in all, it was a great conference. I'm really excited to be able to do more things like this through work and yeah. Wow, I absolutely love that for you. That sounds truly amazing and like a great learning opportunity. It was a really good learning opportunity. And I'm excited that like we attend a lot of conferences. And so next week I'll be at a conference for two days Mm -hmm. called Changing the Odds. So excited to attend that conference and be able to report back on some of the things that I learned there and maybe might be helpful to share with the rest of the world all right what about well, you? um I'll, okay i'll go thorn first um i really think that my overall thorn is that i am so tired all the time like i don't know what it is like i'm feeling like i wasn't this tired last week which was my first full five days back teaching but i am so tired this week i literally fell asleep on my floor last night like i am straight up (laughs) exhausted and i can't fully comprehend like why Mm -hmm. necessarily like obviously like teaching is a lot of work i'm on my and i'm on my feet so much more (laughs) like i don't even know if it's more but it feels like more the way my schedule is set up i just feel like i am standing for way too long in a row like it just isn't conducive to (laughs) sitting and then the way my room is set up also really isn't conducive to sitting and then the fact that kids are asking questions all the time isn't conducive to sitting because it's like if I like try to like pop a squat with one kid there's 10 others calling my name behind me I don't miss that and I can only direct them to ask a friend so many times before (laughs) no friends have the answers (laughs) Just imagine so that, point, like, oh, ask a friend and not a single friend has the answer. Friends all looking clueless, like, miss, we had the same question. Man, oh, man. Yeah, I was concerned when you told me you fell asleep on the floor yesterday, but then I wasn't that concerned because it sounds like you. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, it was on top of the floor pillows. You know, it wasn't just, like, on hardwood floors, just, like, you know, mm-hmm. 
but on the floor nonetheless like right in front of the couch i didn't even have it in me to get up a couple feet anyway that's my thorn and i'm um, getting with my rose is and i told you about this um one of my former students that graduated last year reached out to me earlier this week to tell me that she was writing her first paper about me in one of her college classes now immediately i was a skeptical and like Ooh, <laughs> elaborate <laughs> i need more information and the paper is supposed to be about somebody who has positively influenced you mm-hmm and that just like really warmed my heart, you know, like one of the small, like, I guess it's not small benefits, but like one of the, that's one of the greatest moments of like teaching, like actually affecting someone. Yeah. And it's like, you can think that you affect kids, like doing whatever you're doing and like really think that for yourself, mm-hmm. but like the little validating moments where they actually tell you or express it somehow, just, you know, really warm your heart. so much. Yeah, I'm glad that you got to hear that because people deserve to get their flowers, even if it's from children. But I feel like that's when it's the best because they know you the best and you worked with them directly. Nobody needs the flowers from the principal. I don't care. Give me the flowers from the kids. Let them tell me that they love me and I made a difference in their life. The principal flowers kind of would be nice. So, like, (laughs) you could also tell me that I'm doing a good job. Like, that'd be great, too. Mm Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, not maybe. Like, I hear what you're saying. Not for me like that. It would be nice, but I wouldn't really care that much because I know I'm doing a good job. Oh, that's great. As previously (laughs) stated, I don't. So, Right. That's why I had to, you know, clean that up a bit. Like, I can understand why you would want to hear that. Me, on the other hand, I'm going to know it already. That's great. That's nice for you. Love that level of confidence and energy for you. If you need me um, to tell your principal to give you some flowers, I will. <laughs> nah, it's okay. You know I will, um, but I'm going to give them to you anyway. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I literally told my students today they have a test tomorrow in my stat class. I was like, okay, uh, be confident. They're looking like, mm. I'm like, okay, you got two options. <laughs> Either be confident or be delusional. <laughs> Those one. are the only two places we can live. Only two. I'm like, pick one. They both, you got to be thinking about the same result both ways. You need to be confident that you're passing or you need to be delusional that you're passing and let's see what happens. And then when I get the test, I'm just going to act shocked. Like, what do you mean I didn't pass? Right. I just knew what I was doing. Like, the sad part is there were so many tests where I really thought I knew what I was doing. (laughs) No idea. Like, girl, you messed this all the way up. You had no clue. You was just out here doing stuff. Should have just drew or left it blank. Yeah, my kids also do both of those things, right? I be getting blanks. I be getting whole doodles, little stories on the side, jokes, anything, anything. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. And maybe if I draw a nice picture, you'll feel bad for me and give me a point or two. No, I'm going to be wholly honest. You draw a nice picture. I'm taking a photo of it and then sending it to the group chat (laughs) or the various group chats. See, that's not right. That's what? not right. No, give like, that, if it's give a that good kid one, I'll be like, dang, that's a good drawing. But you did not do the quadratic formula. I can't help you. But I don't know the quadratic formula, but I know how to draw a bird. <laughs> <laughs> like, that don't count for anything here? Like, um, what if I use a ruler and math to draw the bird? No, I don't even teach the ruler needed math no more. <laughs> you said I'm above that. 
Well, not I don't know. It's not even above. Like it's really just parallel at this point. What have you brought for us in terms of an article this week? So, when thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week, um, this article from Education Week is titled "What It Will Take to Transform Public Education." Oh, a lot. <laughs> oh, a lot is right. <laughs> so. The Ed Week Research Center over the summer took a survey of a thousand teachers to kind of get their ideas about if they thought the pandemic transformed public education. The quote says, remarkably, 95 (laughs) percent of respondents saw the pandemic as inciting some kind of change. And half of them said that the pandemic was transformative. First, I'm going to pause there. What are your thoughts? Well, my first question is, (laughs) did they mean in a good way? Like, did they mean it was positively transformative? Okay. Did they mean it was a positive shift? Because, like, for sure, it transformed things. We don't get snow days no more. They said, (laughs) baby, you can do that remotely. No, when I I saw that, I could not believe that. I'm like, wow. Wow. They really are taking every part of y'all's joy. I hate that for y'all. Taking the joy, like... Oh my God, a snow day? Babes, I want to make snow angels. Do you want to build a snowman? Yes. <laughs> I'm not trying to log on to work that day. Uh-uh, call it a wash. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Who got time to not have a snow day? If it snows so much that New York would want to give us a snow day, let us have it. I earned that by living here. Like, please, be for real. And then... <laughs> It's just like, now you got to do all these things remotely, post this asynchronous work. Like, mm-hmm. what are those days? Like, more like clerical days where mm-hmm. it's like teachers have meetings and stuff. They be wanting us to post assignments sometimes on those. Yeah. That's ridiculous. No. That was a day off for those children. I don't want to give them more work that I have to grade. Exactly. Please. That's, no. That's so ridiculous. Um. Well, like you... They all agreed that there were many issues that needed to be fixed. And so they kind of I'm not going to read all of them, even though it's not that many. But I do want to give like the top maybe four or five of what Mm -hmm. these teachers said were the uh, in their opinion, the biggest obstacles preventing major transformations in K-12 education. Okay. first at 23 percent was funding levels. Mm-hmm. Valid. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. If you know anything about education, you know it's underfunded. Plain and simple. It is. We need <laughs> education some money. is not where the money resides. At all. So number one came in as funding levels. Number two, at 17%, elected officials, local and state. Because mm-hmm, they don't be knowing. Don't they be don't, caring. Don't care at all. Another huge issue. The next... One at 15% was other. And I'm very curious as to what, like, the teachers who selected other at that moment, Mm -hmm. like, what were they thinking about? Yeah. Just because it's so high on the list. Like, it says other, colon, and type your answer. What y'all typed in? What did y'all say? I need to know. I'm like, can you give me some examples, please? Right. Poor E. Hemplo. (laughs) And then number four said state, local laws, and policies. That was 11%. And then right under that, at 9%, came federal laws and policies. 
Okay. There's a thing. Three of these things is basically the same thing. Literally. And that was the first thing that I said. I'm like, honestly. Honestly, four of them are. Like, I was just take out other, the, un, the unclarified other, mm-hmm. funding, the local federal policies and the officials, all of that is policy like it's all policy all of it is policy and yesterday while we were at the conference and I was talking to some of my coworkers that I don't they don't work on my team so mm-hmm. I don't get to like talk to them often but we were all at the conference together and so one of my coworkers she was like oh like just tell me about like why you left the classroom Ooh, how much time do you have right but one of the biggest things that I brought up to her was the politics of education mm-hmm. and how it's so difficult to have to like play this game that oh. you are so low at the bottom as a teacher. It's just like what on this list? Teachers are on the list as mm-hmm. well as administrators. They came in at four percent of the issue. So like right. even when thinking about things that are out of our control, like, or I won't say out of our control because we elect officials and things like that who Mm -hmm. put these policies into play. But as a teacher, it's ultimately out of my control. A lot of people, we hold a lot of that blame when there's so much more, you know, that people can really like, if you want to focus on the real issues, let's focus on the real issues and not just be lazy and try and put it all on the teachers or the admin or the kids because the students came in at one percent so (laughs) (laughs) it's not the kids but let's just say that but we already knew that though we did so yeah i just thought that was really interesting to see um right under that there's another graph that says a decade from now the the pandemic impact i would most like to see in my district or school is Coming in at 21%, more attention given to student mental health, which relates directly to the conference that I went to yesterday. And my point of there were not that many educators there. Mm-hmm. The counselor was there. There were therapists that were there. There were even parents that were there at the conference. But the amount of actual teachers that were at the conference They don't even have, like, the funding, the money to be able to send teachers, you know, to things like this when they're Mm -hmm. the ones who are working with students directly. And I just think that's very interesting. Um, Right after that, at 20 percent, was less focus on standardized testing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, I was just about to say we don't even have to say words. If you know us, if you've even listened to an episode of this, you already know how we feel about (laughs) standardized testing. So not shocked at all. Um, Then it kind of dipped a little at 11 percent more attention given to staff mental health, which mental health is clearly something that everyone is saying that they need more support in. Yet we're not Mm -hmm. getting any support. And then tied at 11 percent more wraparound services for student well-being. So just in those top four right there, right. (laughs) It's just like, how do we fix this? I don't even know what to say, but that's my first question because you know I like to fix things. How do we fix this? You got a problem, but if there's a problem, you all solve it. This one might be a little bit too hard though. Like to do by yourself, you know, because you also like to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, 
it's just like they really don't care about student mental health and that comes back to the fact that we don't get snow days right i know i sound <laughs> ridiculous but let's be for real that's taken away from their mental health you won't tell me this kid yeah. want to sit on a zoom or something instead of making snow angels no instead of drinking hot chocolate by um the heater or even no. thinking about like just because it's a snow day and I'm at home, that doesn't mean that I'm like sitting at home doing nothing. Like, That's what about true. the kids who still have to, I don't know, like help out in the house or like I have to go to work still? Or this snow day might give me time to like catch up on something else, like catch up on some work that I'm behind on or right. relax and do nothing if I decide to partake in doing nothing. And you know what? Like this thing about student mental health as well. I don't even know. This this does apply. But like the fact that the COVID policy is the kids out for five days or whatever, whatever to the five days. The fact that y'all want me to post work for this kid for those five days. They literally have COVID. Yeah, that's so insensitive. And then first, like at least, like the first couple days is a wash. Like those are a wash. <laughs> yeah. Could be more depending. If it was me. I would have emailed my teacher back like, baby, give me an F. All those assignments you think I'm going to do while I have COVID, F. Go well, ahead and hand it to me. Between you and me, whoever listening, I didn't post none. Because, and that is kind of where, like, your morals come into play. Like, no, I'm not going to do that because I know that they're not going to do this work. They can't. They shouldn't be expected to. Like, what do you really, like... Come on now. Like, that's just actually ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous enough that, like, when we have COVID, you want us to be, like, posting assignments and doing all that stuff. This ain't the, t- this this isn't the 10-day, like, quarantine anymore. No, we have five to figure it out. Right. Ridiculous. And it's not like you really have, like, five days. It's like, if you find out that you have COVID on Friday, then, like, that's one day. The weekend is two of the days. Exactly. And then, like, you're coming back in the middle of the week. So, no. Simply... <laughs> No. Last graph from the article states, in your opinion, what is the biggest enabler of change slash transformation in K-12 education? Coming in at a whopping 35 percent, teachers. Mm-hmm. Right after teachers at 13 percent funding levels, 10 percent administrators, 7 percent parents and family members of students. Mm. which this none of these graphs honestly were any surprise to me but what (laughs) what was kind of a surprise to see the difference between that like 35 percent to then drop into like 13 percent for the next one because teachers really are the biggest like what's the word that I'm looking for catalyst to change for their kids for the education system because we are right there. We are exactly. in the middle, in the thick of it every Boots day. on the ground. <laughs> we are there. So, yeah, I thought this was, um, if you didn't know these things already, interesting enough to bring to people's attention just so that you can see, like, no, these are real things. Everything um, that this study was able to show really showed how the things that I think most teachers already know Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't need the study to, I mean, numbers are great, you know, evidence, data, all of that. But it's just kind of validating to know, like, okay, once again, yes, I think this, these people think this, everybody else is just lost. 
Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good one. Um, we'll see you next week. Maybe I'll keep it light and fun. <laughs> some, some a little less spicy. Um, for yeah, next we'll week. see. How much rage are we gonna incite next week? You know, right. <laughs> This week on the podcast, we have Nia, who I met while we spent time at the University of Missouri, both of us in our education programs. And we are also line sisters. Hey, Nia. Hey, how y'all doing? (laughs) We're doing good. How are you? I'm tired, you know? Girl, I get it. I I truly understand being tired. Tyler. Oh, I... (laughs) understand <laughs> she literally was just talking about how she fell asleep on the floor yesterday so <laughs> see <laughs> just the comfort it settles in definitely all right so let's go ahead and jump right into our first activity nia before we get started asking you questions we like to play a little game called word association and so how it works is mm. i'm going to say a word and I just want you to say the first word that comes to your mind when you hear that word, okay? Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> I promise it's not, it's, it's, it won't be too, it won't be too much, all right? <laughs> all right, first word, Chicago. Food. <laughs> Food, definitely. That's the yes. first thing I think about when I think about home, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, second word, Sister. Love. Okay. Reading. Everything. Pink. Life. <laughs> Smile. Every day. Pearl. Okay. Oh wait, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Okay, can count. <laughs> and last word is lesson plans. Oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> That's that one. <laughs> Understood. Oh, <laughs> I completely understand. All right. So first, as we get started, um, tell us first, tell us your job title before like I ask you any questions about like what you do currently in schools. So I am a ELA teacher uh, for fifth grade and ELA is English language arts. So reading and writing. First, I just want to ask you, what did your journey to becoming a teacher look like? Like, did you always know you wanted to be a teacher? Was it something that um, you kind of found out later? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely did not want to be a teacher, like, at all. I ran from it for so long. Um, So basically, my first jobs were all summer camps and um daycares and I was at um just a bunch of things dealing with kids those are all of my first jobs and I was really good at it like I enjoyed it but mm-hmm. that was in the summertime and then I would just keep it moving you know and then I always have loved school but I literally had so many other ambitions like I wanted to be a writer I wanted to um, be a lawyer at one point you know and 
what happened was because I have thought about being a, before I thought about being a teacher. Um, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. But when I got to Mizzou, um, I changed my major three official times, and I was talking to my dad. <laughs> Girl. Uh, listen, I, I don't know if mine was three, but I changed my major somewhere around three times, too, so no no judgment. Yes. It's so stressful to just, like, choose my life at 18, okay? Right. Um. But so I got, I think this was, this was my sophomore year and I was really stressing about it. And my dad was like, you know what you're good at. And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, you're good at school. And I was like, you're right. So I kind of took one education class where I observed a first grade classroom and I fell in love um, just with the students being in there wanting to learn. And I know that I always had a good time in school, but my brother didn't necessarily love school. So I'm like, I, let me let me try to make some kids love school. So mm-hmm. that was my like initial, yeah, introduction and, and desire to want to teach. Nia, would you like to share with us what the most rewarding and most difficult moments in your career have been? Ooh, um, the most, I would say the most rewarding moment was this year um just because this is my fifth year in my district you know um my the students that i started with in fifth grade are graduating this year so i've been seeing a lot of them Mm -hmm. um and they they just every single time even four years later they still are running to give me a hug or like you know can you please come get me for my class today or you know (laughs) all of that yes Mm -hmm. Yes, all the love and uh, that's that's probably the most rewarding. And I was able to actually go into their classroom this year and help test them for their reading level and just seeing the growth that they had. That was rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was probably the most rewarding. Now, tough. That's that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that um, your most difficult? like moments or situations they come from like I'm just thinking about my personal experience so when I think about the things Mm -hmm. that um gave me the most difficulty in the classroom it was like the politics of everything so would you say even if you don't give us a specific moment like what is the most difficult like part of it for you it is it's the politics absolutely but it's the politics because of all of the needs that students have and they're not being met but it's so many there are so many other needs that are being met for higher ups you know right Mm -hmm. um so i've been and and me you have been teaching for a while now you know we're, we're getting to know it we're getting different roles in education. So I think seeing different sides of it mm-hmm. and being over different like projects in the school and seeing what I can and cannot do, even after I have fought for it and have proved, you know, and right. whatever, I think seeing that like the system is so broken, mm-hmm. but they want it to look good and we don't get these new Chromebooks and we, Oh, we want, we're going to get solar panels. Like all of the, the new and flashy and what looks good is, it seems like that's the only thing that matters. Um, so that has been the, the like toughest thing because fighting that when you see students reading levels are four grade levels below, Mm -hmm. you know, 
and you're like, I'm in here every single day working my butt off. And okay, when I get to the next level, is that teacher going to be burnt out to do it? Is that teacher going to be working just in the system or are they going to be working for these kids? It's just a lot of different things that have been like on my mind with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because because of all the different positions that I'm like I've been getting into. Right. So kind of like the different roles that you play specifically in your school, like you're not just the ELA yes. region specialist, but sometimes you might be the counselor or overseeing a committee oh my or gosh. like something. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yes. Mm. Oh, in the committee. Yes. And Tyler, I feel like you can talk about the different roles that you also had to or have to, because I'm sure in some way, shape or form, it'll all come back this year. But like your experience last year, having yeah. to, or you can talk about your own experience. Go ahead. I mean, you no, know, I had 17 jobs last year, basically, <laughs> from a math teacher in basically every single math to a AP Lang teacher for six weeks to a health teacher yeah. for like right. multiple months. Right, teaching health for months. Like what? For months. What? And yes. then like doing PR stuff mm-hmm. and like just everything. Now, I have only, I only teach now, and I, like, am the grade team leader, oh, and testing coordinator. Too much. Mm. Too much. That's still too much. too much. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So, I want to talk a little bit, um, Nia, about, so our experience, I would say, student teaching in, in all of us, because we all student taught in Columbia, Missouri, um, the experience that you had there, what do you say are some of the biggest differences that you see in like the education system in Columbia, Missouri versus where you are teaching now? Ooh. Okay. So I still vividly remember my student teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was so fun. Oh my gosh. But I think the biggest thing is, the thing that's sticking out in my mind the most is the diversity mm-hmm. in Columbia. And obviously, like, that's a college town, so you got a bunch of different people. Um, but even with the diversity in the, the school that I was in in Columbia, I feel like all needs were still catered to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they broke up. The, the classes were, you know, they were the regular grade levels, but for their content areas, they broke them up according to whatever they needed. So if you were a fifth grader, but you were kind of working at fourth grade math skills, that's the teacher that you went to mm-hmm. for your math time. Okay, you yeah. know, it wasn't just intervention time. It was it was catered to them. They got all of their pullout minutes. They got all of the support. Um, so I feel like students in my student teaching, got their needs met and supported. And it wasn't like baby, they actually got the support so that they can grow. Now, my experience right now, um, there are, it's homogenous, um, mostly black mm-hmm. and, you know, a little bit Hispanic, but mostly black and their needs are not met. Um, you know, they, they get all of the, the food and the and the technology like we're very advanced in our technology mm-hmm. but we don't have any like interventionists we don't have um we don't have a reading specialist a math specialist 
or anything I feel like that would boost the student's academic needs. So it all relies on the, I mean, it all um, kind of depends on the teacher and how they deal with them. So it's a little, it's a way stressful, way more stressful environment here than it was in student teaching. Okay. And that, um, that is really interesting for me to hear. And I think Tyler can also speak to that with the demographic of the kids that you teach, like being majority black and brown kids mm-hmm. um, in how they just don't get what they need. Like no. <laughs> there's never a time. And even my like student teaching experience in Columbia, I student taught at one of the schools where it wasn't as diverse. And so I got to see mm. Even when, you know, we had to do like, or I don't know if y'all did this on the elementary side, but in early childhood, like we spent half of our time in one place and half in another. And so once I went to the schools Mm. who were technically like more affluent and things like that, it was just like a complete shift um, in the way that the kids were treated, the resources they had. I mean, the way the building looked like everything about it was Mm. just so different. And so it's sad to say, but it's like where the kids that we serve, they might have, you know, what we might have one-to-one technology and, you know, these things here and there, but like, are the kids really getting what they need? And more than likely it's a no. Yeah. And that's that's the, that's the part that I think is most like tiring and taxing for teachers. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. I can have all of this stuff, but then like the stuff is not doing the work that I'm doing. And so that makes it really yes. difficult. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is, um, it is definitely stressful, especially when you are involved and you're trying to be a part of the solution and you bring solutions and you like, you know, build things from the ground up and then it gets shot down for political reasons. Um, or not looking like what they wanted to look like, then it's like, oh my gosh. And I and by, and I know I'm coming off very like opinionated right now. I love my district, you know. I love my babies, and I'm, I'm I have very close relationships with my administrators, my teach like my coworkers and everything. Mm-hmm. But they know, <laughs> and I feel like things just have to get better. Right, and. I think it's just about the point of if we all know, it's like, okay, we now have this knowledge of the things that need to be done, but like, then what? Like, it's fine that yeah, we're all what? on one accord and we get, you know, all the problems <laughs> that that the kids are going through and that we're having, but like, okay, now that we're on one accord, now now what do we do to really fix this? Um, right. I want to speak a little bit about the pandemic and mm. teaching um, through the pandemic. Um, how did that alter the way that you had to run your classroom? Oh my gosh. So how did it alter it during the year or like now? Um, either way, whichever one you, or both, whichever one you want to speak to. <laughs> okay, so, our, and I'm not sure how you guys did it the whole time, but um, when we did, when everybody went away that fateful day, March 13th, um, we sent the Chromebooks home with the students because by that time, you know, all of the schools were closing and we kind of knew 
Um, and we played it like, okay, we'll put these assignments on Google Classroom, you know, do them. And we were not told to, uh, we didn't have to meet on Google Meets or whatever, but I did meet with my students just to check in. I honestly, mm-hmm. we were not even doing anything. We just met once a day and talked. Um, so that took us into the summertime. And then the next school year, I had to teach um, fully on Zoom all the way until March. Oh, wow. And I, yes, oh my gosh, it was the longest year of my life. <laughs> I had to, number one, become proficient in technology, <laughs> like, <laughs> which is crazy to me. Um, because I'm like, I'm okay with technology. You know, I'm 26 years old, but <laughs> having to teach students. Okay. Online, and what? then teach them how to use the technology. I'm like, oof. Teach a second you, graders. You, oh my gosh. <laughs> how did, yeah. Like, so we, we had to become like technology teachers too. We had to be IT. Um, so I, I had to change my mindset about things. I became, I think I became more patient. Number one, because when you're on Zoom teaching, you got to wait for the lag. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on Zoom, like, being so patient. And uh, and I became more, I think, empathetic because I saw into their lives, like, their home lives for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of was like, oh, okay, so there's, like, seven people living in this house, not just his siblings. That's why he's not focused, you know, or, oh, my gosh. His mom is riding him and he's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think I really, on that note, I became more empathetic and patient just because you really don't know what people are going through. Um, so in order to like teach them and support them, you got to understand that and meet them where they are. Um, and honestly, I learned a lot about different technology, uh, different academic technology mm-hmm. that can support and not you know, do too much that it take distracts from the actual learning. So, yeah, those are. Yeah, um, it was a learning year. Listen, a learning <laughs> year. Okay. <laughs> was it fun for y'all? Fun? <laughs> I would not say. <laughs> Actually, let me, Tyler. You go ahead. Was teaching during the pandemic was that a, any of that? fun or anything that you got out of it fun what do you think Tyler I don't think that fun is the appropriate (laughs) word no (laughs) was not having fun uh was not having fun talking to myself every day and it's a lot different for Tyler because (laughs) she teach high school kids so they're like you know when they're ready to be checked out I'm gone Um, like what are you you're you can't make me stay here you probably got blank stares. <laughs> blank stares. A lot of blank stares. Blank stares. Kids oh with no God. shirts on. Kids with cameras off. Kids with cameras oh. pointed at the ceiling. <laughs> Did any of your kids that ever, like, right? <laughs> Did any of your kids ever, um, like, I'm thinking about, like, having to multitask. Like, oh, I'm at work, but I'm in class. Oh, yeah. I definitely had some kid that was, like, at Amazon. Like, <laughs> I don't know, pack boxes or something. Yeah. And I would say um, there were things that I learned 
during that time that I could say were fun for the kids. Like, oh, I might have mm-hmm. figured out how to like add this activity in or like I made something really mm-hmm. like I had to think, you know, we had to think a lot more creatively and be a lot more flexible in yes. the way that we taught. And so I think that that stretched me mm-hmm. a lot, but it wasn't fun in the moment. Like afterwards no. or that like next year I was able to reflect like, oh, I'm glad I used this during the pandemic because now I can put it in a station or, you know, I know how this works yeah. or even some of the things that you use, Tyler, like Nearpod or like um, stuff mm-hmm. like that, like different mm. resources and stuff that you were using that you were able to share with me and be like, oh, maybe you can incorporate this, you know, stuff like that, that made it more engaging for the kids but then it's like and in that moment there was so much like I had to learn like okay yeah I'm Mm -hmm, you know 27 years old or whatever but I am not IT (laughs) and being (laughs) being the youngest person on my campus I was IT like everybody was coming to me with their questions I'm like hold on (laughs) hold on y'all gonna have to go and sit in one of these technology trainings I don't have all the answers like I'm just winging it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah I, w- I would not say fun all right Sonia what lessons did you learn that helped you get to the place you are now in your career oh so oh my gosh so I love reading right <laughs> but I know that a lot of students don't love reading for whatever reason um and one time I was reading, actually this lesson kind of takes me back to my student teaching. Mm-hmm. I had a student who English was his second language and he just like would fight with me to read. And I'm like, I, I can try to make it fun for you, but we gotta, you gotta at least, you know, engage. Um, so kind of fighting with him and trying to see what works for him or what his interests were mm-hmm. and then connecting it to that text. And I know that we all learn that in our student teaching, but I have gradually learned to make sure students find some type of way to connect to the text. Um, otherwise, they're not going to read it, you know, or they're not going to connect with it. They don't want to do anything with the text. So that kind of has brought me to every time I, um, I'm teaching a book, a chapter book, you know, for fifth grade or whatever, I make it so that they find any connection possible and I let them go off and write about it or I'll, you know, let them stop in the middle of it and do a lot of talking. And that those kinds of things kind of have helped me um, or help the students grow in their learning. Mm, Okay, Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I just want to ask you because I, too, love reading and writing. Um, what's one of your like favorite texts or books that you've either taught or a book that you really love that you want to be able to use in your classroom? Like something that you just love being able to or a book that your kids really loved when you introduced it um, to them? Because I'm always looking for new books to add to my list. Okay, so... I'm thinking about, okay, two books just immediately came to mind. One of them is The Skin I'm In by mm-hmm. Sharon G. Flake. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I have that not book it. is, oh, okay. So basically, <laughs> there's this little girl. 
there's this like middle schooler who is really dark skinned and she does not like how she looks and her mom or somebody takes her to get a makeover and kids are still teasing her and she just learns to grow in who she is and find connections with different people mm-hmm. um and it's a really great book in that aspect because students that have their flaws or insecurities learn like okay you 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 can learn to love them you know or find different ways or or even know that other people have insecurities as well and that whole book uses um they use like everyday language and the academic language like mixed in mm, so okay. it yeah it kind of shows like okay i'm intelligent you know i have my culture but i'm yes that one is a hit that one's by i think her name is sharon g flake okay I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to um, look into that. All right. We have, well, I have one more question to ask you. And this is kind of mm-hmm. like the wrap up question um, to think about. What is something that you are not willing to compromise on in your classroom? Um, whether that's like because of morals, your personal pedagogy, like something that like, no, this this happens in this space. Oh, uh, relationship building. Mm-hmm. Like we're a family. No matter what, I'm gonna make sure I get to know my students and love them and know that they're loved and know that they can come to me and, and connect and that this is our space. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. Yeah. No matter what, even with all of the changes and right now, actually, they're about to split our classes up because they're getting too big. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we switch classes, so we're getting new students anyways all the time. So it's it's just a non-negotiable for me not to connect with my students, you know, or for me not to find a way into them because that's what's going to grow them is when they feel loved and comfortable and safe and heard, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree. That makes me think about during the pandemic, they implemented um, – like mandatory SEL time into like the beginning of our schedules, which that was the first time it was like actually reflected on, you know, like a schedule or something. But in my head, I'm like, this is like, I didn't need this to be put on a schedule because I was doing it anyway. (laughs) Like (laughs) I was, I was going to make sure. And it's not about finding like a time like okay the first 30 minutes of the day is dedicated to no, SEL like yeah. no that should be intertwined in everything that you do like yes um, yes authentic right and that's that's the way that you make the connections and do the things that make the kids feel like they belong there and like this is my classroom too not just my teacher's class yes. where I come and I think that's even more important mm-hmm. when you get to the age where you change classes or teachers and stuff like that, because you're spending less time in that room or with mm-hmm. that teacher. Um, and so you kind of have to put a little more effort in to really make sure you do those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Nia. Well, thank you so, so much for coming and um, sharing just a little bit um, of your story with us today. We are so grateful and appreciative to hear about your classroom experience and everything that you have been through, all of your advice that you have um, 
to offer? Is there any like last little tip or trick, anything you want to leave with for like teachers, something that this is it, like this is the key, do this and it'll make your life maybe not perfect, but a little bit easier. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thank y'all. I would say just love your kids and whatever you do, if it's, you know, for them and to better them and support them, because you love them, I think you everything you do is gonna benefit them. Mm, that's a good one. Love those kids. Love yeah, on them. Right. Love them, baby. <laughs> they all need it. No matter what <laughs> what age they are, they're still babies and they need that, that love. That is so true. Yes. <laughs> Even your grown babies. Yeah, have babies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again so much, Nia, um, for joining us. And we are so excited to be able to share your story through this platform. Yes, thank you. Thank you. All right. Pop culture. You ready, Freddie? Wow. You already know. Always. All right. What you been listening to? Okay. So I... Okay. I'm (laughs) Buzz Cut by lovely the band featuring mr wives every every time we come here every time i'm just like i don't even know what to say okay i'm gonna listen because i always do and i do like mr wives i'm not even gonna hold you i mess with mr wives all because of savannah oh yes reflections i will never forget that day that i heard that song for the first (laughs) time because it was a very unique day but um yeah oh yeah that was that day yeah that was that day Mm-hmm. oh my god i'm literally no i see I'm that's why i'm like shirt. yeah that was that day <laughs> um but okay pop i, I know it's giving pop because oh, you're yeah, the pop yeah. queen hundo p giving pop <laughs> okay i'm going to definitely give it um a listen did you find this on like your release radar or something had you heard it somewhere so that song actually i a long time ago yes was on my release radar Mm -hmm. but it just randomly popped into my head okay because i don't know sometimes it just does it's just a fun song okay i like i you know what i need some fun so yes i'm going to listen to it as soon as we wrap this up Okay, well, can I also say something else, too, then? Of course. So there's this other song called I'm Too Pretty for This, and the title alone really is just It's giving main character energy, and if I must say so, I'm stepping into my main character energy, so I'm definitely giving that one a listen. <laughs> like, that's so, the type of song I feel like I need to listen to before I, like, do something important, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just going to give me a boost of confidence, even if like I don't need to feel pretty to do that thing that I'm doing. But like, yeah. you know, it just puts you in a mood. I haven't even heard the song. I'm just assuming. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just something about just driving in a car and being like, nah, I'm too pretty for this. It's something about it. Period. Because I am. Hello. And that's what and- honestly. Sorry not to interrupt you once again. <laughs> yes. I feel like I'm too pretty to be having problems right now. I am. <laughs> like first of all it is I don't even know what time it is 7.34 and I'm still sitting here with a full face of makeup on I'm too yeah. pretty to be struggling you in know, every way maybe this is maybe this is your new motto that should have been my song of the day <laughs> well it is by Claire Rosencraz 
I maybe I have no <laughs> idea how to pronounce this last name. So sorry to Claire. You just did your best. That's all we can ever ask. Do your best. Mm-hmm. Forget the rest. Thank y'all. All right. What have you been listening to? Well, two songs coming to you this week. One of them, I'm going to give a little preface because I only listened to it once, but I was listening to the read before this. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they were discussing, I don't know if you have seen this, like in the news was about like Future selling all of his music or his I catalog. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it in the news, but I too was listening oh, to the okay, so you heard it. recording. Yeah. Wow. We're in sync. Didn't even know it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was thinking about that earlier, like a day or two. I can't remember how long it was when I first saw it before I heard it on the read. But then after that, I was like, what's my favorite future song? Like I really started thinking about it Mm -hmm. and it's definitely March Madness. I was going to ask if it was March Madness. Like it absolutely is. That's like the song that you just like know at a bare minimum, like it's forced upon you to just know it. Exactly. And it's just so good. And I don't really mess with future like that, Mm -hmm. but I mess with March Madness like that. Okay. So, Honorary mention this week is March Madness by Future. Got it. Second song is Gift and a Curse by Megan Thee Stallion, which you know I love her. I do know that. This song is off her most recent project, which I feel like I might have stated was not my favorite. I mean, you stated it to me personally. I don't okay. being here, though. But I do enjoy hearing that song when I want to. And today was one of those days where it kept playing. Like I kept seeing it in a whole bunch of people's Instagram videos. And I was mm-hmm. like, I need to listen to this song. So yeah, that was, um, that was my song of the, honestly the day I've heard that song so many times today. Like okay. it was just everywhere all over my social media. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. random. Yes. Very much random. <laughs> all right. What you've been watching. So, I am going to say Reboot, which is on Hulu. So it's a new Hulu original series called Reboot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so already it's meta in the sense that it's about rebooting like an old, it's about rebooting an old show, but really it's a revival, but we don't need to get into the re- reboot versus revival business of it all. Okay. We'll leave that. Because because those are not the same thing but this reboot is definitely just a revival it's the same people so revival is when it's the same cast yeah and reboot you just is are, when you're just making the show you're reviving yeah, like the you show literally yeah you just brought it back you did a little mm. what push one of epi you, <laughs> you just brought it back okay. right so like one day at a time reboot brand mm. new just reboot Gossip Girl, reboot. Mm-hmm. Pretty Little Liars, reboot. I'm trying to remember a revival. I mean, Veronica Mars, but like you didn't watch that at all. No. But honestly, that I was... don't think I would. I don't know if this would be true, but like, you know, Hocus Pocus 2? Is Hocus that Pocus. like a revival? <laughs> That's just a sequel. Oh, it's a movie. Duh. <laughs> There's a word uh, for that. <laughs> There's a word for that. Life is hard right now. I have problems. Nobody okay. come for me. I'm too pretty it's for okay. you to tell me that I should know the word sequel. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, oh, well, you also didn't watch this, but like the Gilmore Girls thing was a revival because mm. it was, you know, just whatever. Anyway, 
the show, the reboot, the problem with it, it's a revival. The thing that they are rebooting, that's a revival. Mm. It's the same people. Anyway, anyway, anyway. It stars Rachel Bloom, mm-hmm. who was from Craziest Girlfriend, Girlfriend, which you know that I loved. And then she had those like YouTube videos of Rachel does stuff. But some of that stuff, Loki, the lyrics, mm, <laughs> they're not doing with they. <laughs> they, they. Yeah, they're a little... Honestly, the lyrics from the show were a little... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, some of them did not age well. Oh. Yeah. I some know. Of them, <laughs> some of them did not age well. I get it. Um, okay. So Rachel Bloom is like the writer that's trying to reboot this old series. Um, Keegan-Michael Key is in it of like Key and Peele mm-hmm. and other stuff. Um Oh, this woman who I've seen in many things, a name I don't remember. And then, like, also Johnny Knoxville, which, is that the dude from Jackass? Or did I, like, who do I think no, that is? You know I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. That. I just asked you. But you know Johnny Knoxville, I'll figure out who that is later. Um, because <laughs> I, it's because I saw this name and then I was like, is that who I think it is? And then I forgot to do the little IMDb to double check if it was who I thought it was. Because, whatever. Um, There's too many things honestly, to remember. <laughs> There's, there's so many things but reboot on hulu there have been three episodes so far and i am enjoying it it's like it's funny it's um kind of meta it's because hulu is like the network that's doing the revival but then hulu is also the streaming service in which this thing is on so it's like mm-hmm. hulu, hulu mm-hmm. and okay. whatever it's I like it. I want to see where it's going to go. And every episode title is the title of a TV show. Hmm. And I think that that is fun. That is fun and different. I like stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. All right. You only got one. That's it. I do. But I want to say one more thing. Okay. The Bachelorette this season was absolutely humiliating. And when they picked this next Bachelor, I'm like, I'm not watching the next season of The Bachelor. I'm glad that you said that. I'm glad that don't edit that out because I'm I want the whole world to hear that so that when you get tempted to turn it on, I'm going to be like, no, remember, you finally said you weren't <laughs> going to watch it because just don't. OK, I will. <laughs> I might watch some YouTube videos. Then does that count? I'll let you have the YouTube videos. I'll let you okay, have that. What if I'm just trying to be up? like, what if I just need to know? Um, Sometimes you do just need to know. Sometimes you just need to know. Now, I will still be watching the next season of Bachelor in Paradise. Okay. But I will not be watching that season. Of Bachelor in Paradise is about to start back up, okay? That's the one that's the most messy. It's the most fun. It's the most ridiculous because, like, it's not just all these same people buying for this one person that they like. What? Ma- no offense. What makes Rachel special for real? Because <laughs> she a pilot or whatever? No offense to Rachel. I have I have I ever watched The Bachelor? Yeah, you're the reason I even did it because you was watching Nick by all season. Oh, I thought I only watched the season of The Bachelor. That's how you know. You, First you of all, this was all Grace's fault. You know I would never turn that on. She had me watching that one day and boom. Then all of a sudden yeah. I had to watch The Bachelorette because she was black. And I literally walked into your room while you were watching <laughs> this show, and you know. It takes me 20 seconds for my eyes to be glued to the TV. Next thing you know, <laughs> I haven't moved. Yeah, that's that's how a lot of TV got watched in that house when we shared it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I have. What have you watched? 
Well, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I have not watched much. Yeah, it's been a lot going on. Exactly. And there's been a lot going on. Every time I turn on the TV to watch something, I feel like something happens. And you know, you know, things happen and it's it's just always something. I'm like, oh, phone's ringing. (laughs) Oh, all of a sudden, I don't even know. The sky's falling like TV goes off. But what I did find time to watch this week was Abbott Elementary. Oh, you yes. were sleep on the couch or the floor. Did you ever watch it? Um, yeah, I actually did watch it this morning oh. before I went to work. OK. Um, any thoughts on the first episode? Um, I thought that it was more care. I want to say like more character driven. Like I want to say that it was more not dramatic, but just mm-hmm. more rooted in realism and reality. I would agree. Yeah, I would um, definitely agree with that. It was not technically what I was maybe expecting mm-hmm. for the first episode, but I did still enjoy it. Yeah, I was like definitely expecting some more ha ha's. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> then we're ha ha. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I am so excited that it is back. If you are not watching Abbott Elementary, I don't know how many more ways I can tell you to watch Abbott Elementary because I just talked about this last week, but you need mm-hmm. it in your life. You just do. It's just good. It just makes you me. You just do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me feel good on the inside. Like, oh, it's so good. I don't even know what else to say about it. I'm just cheesing because it just makes me so happy. <laughs> and you know, I don't even like fangirl yeah, about TV like this. And I don't oh, like oops. comedy. Oh, that's what you were talking about? How I don't like laughing and stuff like that? Well, yeah. I do in real life, not on TV, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that is really all I watched. And then I'm going to share something that is like I'm going to watch, which is a lot more my speed, Dahmer. Mm-hmm. You mean I, Monster. That's the name of it? Okay, Dahmer dash monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Okay, we was both right. Why they did that, though? Yeah, that's way too long. So nobody needs to know all of that because they already know that the man was sick. Now, I am going to watch it. Mm-hmm. One of my coworkers was talking about how she watched it and it, like, ruined her day. Like, she was like, I watched it before bed last night and I woke up in, like, a horrible mood this morning. Now, just to give a perspective on the type of person she is, she's very, like, lighthearted, happy, smiley, bubbly, social. I'm sure it Mm. won't have that effect on me. So I'm definitely going to turn it on once we get off of here. My issue with this is, one, I think that Ryan Murphy is a villain. Okay, let's just start there. (laughs) Uh, You do. You always say that. And that is coming from a person who has seen every single episode of Glee, has watched The Politician, seen most of the seasons of American Horror Story, and saw the first season of American Horror Stories. So I think I'm qualified to call this man a villain, if he is. That's so funny because my coworker was talking about how much she loves Ryan Murphy and everything that he ever does. The prop? Okay, no. Because now, not no, but yes, no. I think that I hate American Horror Stories. Mm-hmm. I, what is that for? Who is that for? I could never get through any of his stuff. Like, I've never finished a season of that show. Well, no, you're talking about a different show. 
That's oh, why you're I talking about the that new, What is stories with an S? What, so it's every single episode is a different story, except oh. for the fact that like in season one, well, I guess there were there were like three that were tied together. Maybe another one. I don't really know, but there were at least three that were actually like tied together. But and I, it just was like that. It it was this murder house. 2. I remember you oh. telling me that. Yeah, I remember you saying uh, that exact sentence. <laughs> like, what is it all for? And then all the other stories are like kind of weird. And it was just like the one that I kind of liked was the one with the girl from Outer Banks and the dude from the Runaways, Alex from the Runaways. And then um, this season, I never finished the first episode of it because it was like weird making humans be dolls for some little boy. And I just gave up. I understand. That's how I feel about his American Horror Story insert season. Like, I just could not get with them. I don't know what it was because it seems like something that I would enjoy. But there's just something very interesting about his story writing or the way that it comes to life on screen. I don't know. I don't really. It's not my thing. But I mean... Murder House was good. Um, you know, I feel differently about Bearing Horse Story. Yeah. At least some of the seasons. I think that Murder House is great and Coven. more horrific than like the other ones. Coven is we love Coven. We love Coven, but not because it's like scary. It's just it's witches in New Orleans and it, like Angela Bassett and it's good, you know? Yeah, that's probably um, the one I saw the most of. Like I think I came very close to finishing Coven. Murder mm-hmm. House, I don't remember. That's the very first season. Yeah, I know it's the first one, but I'm like, did I finish that? Did I even come close to finishing it? I don't know. I'm, I think I just I jumped no to cover. <laughs> but, well, it's an anthology, but then right. all like the theories and the things that actually do tie some of them together, it's like, again, what is it all for? And what is this universe? Because then, right, Apocalypse tied um, Coven. Yeah, like Coven and Murder House together. Which and then was in the hotel one is that the one that Lady Gaga was in? Hotel is Lady Gaga. Yeah, that I remember when I remember exactly where I was at when you were watching that episode for the first time, and I was like, <laughs> "Nope, <laughs> this is not it. I am not watching." That was too much for me. Mm-mm. No, that 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 season was absolutely wild. That like it was very wild. Every snippet wild. I saw. I was like, how how are you watching this? <laughs> how is anybody watching this? What is going on? This man is putting uh, anything on the television. Yeah. But so, anyway, I think he's a bit of a villain. Um, and this show doesn't necessarily make me think he's more villainous. It's just like, there's so many things about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Like... We talk about and look at media and stuff about this man who was literally a serial killer. Like, it's just like, um, like a like a complex like moral like issue. Like thinking about it, mm-hmm. and I've seen like Jeffrey Dahmer things, and like I just watched this docu series, Sins of the Mother. Well, I watched it a little bit ago, um, and then I just like felt like bad afterwards. It's about Jeffrey Dahmer. No, nah, it's about oh, okay. this woman who is. It's about this woman. No. And I just felt bad afterwards because, like, these are real people and these things, like, legitimately happened. And I just consume this piece of media Mm -hmm. that isn't really going to, like, now I know that this thing happened, but there's nothing that I can do about it. And this doesn't, like, I'm not, I'm probably not going to change anyone's life because I saw it. 
and like that just like feels kind of weird and then this also feels a little bit i'm saying all this when i absolutely want to watch this i just want to put that out there (laughs) but i'm also just like having this like like these were awful and horrific events to happen to like real people and then this is just being marketed as entertainment and like that just feels a little weird and that was the piece that my coworker was kind of talking about like oh that's why it was bothering her like this is i don't these are real people stories like mm-hmm. specifically and i'm sure you because you're always doing research about stuff that you know more like specifics about it or like the erasure of black women and their mm-hmm. stories and not being heard and stuff like that. And we were talking about the interview that Niecy Nash did around this Mm -hmm. um, a little bit and like why she took the role on. And one of our other coworkers was like, maybe you should watch that interview to kind of help you like get kind of out of that mindset of like, you're watching this and there's nothing you can do to change it to like, it'll help you see it from a different side maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. But I am going to watch it as soon as we get off of this call. Okay. It's on it's on the agenda. And that's it for TV for me. You know I haven't watched okay. any movies. I'm going to the movie Saturday to see Woman King. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I'll report back then, but hopefully I'll stay awake because you know how I am. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as movies go, I did indeed watch Don't... Not Don't. I did indeed watch Do Revenge hmm. after we finished recording. And... Uh, it was exactly everything that I needed. Um, I love that for you. I loved it. The outfits were great. The music was great. And then at the end, when they rolled the credits, I saw that Rob Lowry did music supervision and Rob Lowry did music supervision for the bold type. And I loved the music oh, that goodness. was on the bold type. So yeah. instant, that was cool to see. Instant gratification, instant A. And then, like, it was also, like, nice to see Camila Mendez doing something where she isn't Veronica Lodge in Riverdale because <laughs> her character is kind of trash. <laughs> yeah, it's just she they not doing her good, you know, like she could have been so much more than what she is at this current and past juncture or whatever. But I absolutely loved Do Revenge. It was so good. It was so, like, fun. There was a t- I was so just along for the ride. I didn't even see things coming that I probably should have or could have seen coming. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just, I had a great time. I had a shout out to everybody. I had fun. <laughs> like, Oh my goodness. Um, and then I am also going to the movie Saturday, but to see barbarian. Mm. I wanted to ask you, when does um, the messy movie come out? Don't worry, don't. Oh, it just came out. Um, it comes out tomorrow. That's what I thought. Okay, when you going but to see also that? Also, I just saw they got like a thirty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Now I know what well, I. <laughs> you can't trust Rotten Tomatoes though, because like, they definitely tomatoes. gave like the Princess Diary like nineteen percent or something like that, or like <laughs> a Cinderella story. They gave like twelve. Like they really did the movies dirty, oh and gosh. those are classics. If you ask me. But it's like it may it might be high now, but like two days ago it was at thirty six percent. Okay. Well, let me know when you see that. I am going to see it just because I'm so invested in all the problems around <laughs> at this point. But um, yeah, let me know when you do that. I probably won't go till next weekend. Cool. Um, books. I did not read a new book. Mm-hmm. But I want to highlight a book that 
came up um, when I was on TikTok randomly and I read this book with my kids. And so then it made me think about them. The book Because of Winn-Dixie. Oh, okay. I love that book. And it was one of, if not the last, I can't remember for real now. Either one of the last or the last book we read for book club Mm -hmm. um, before I left the classroom. And my kids loved it. I told them they were going to love it from the moment that we like I would always introduce books to them. I never chose the book. I would give them options. I would Mm -hmm. read the back of the cover. If there was a movie, I would show them the trailer and we would pick after that, because every time after we read the book in book club, we would watch the movie. So I would try and always pick books that had a movie to go to it, but it didn't always work out like that. Um, but yeah, it made me think about how much I really love that book. And then it makes me think about my childhood because I read it when I was a kid mm-hmm. for the first time. And I literally still have the copy that I had when I was a little oh, girl wow. on top of like three copies I'm looking at on the bookshelf over there. <laughs> I did not read that book, um, but that was... Huh? Did you see the movie? I don't think so. Oh. Who in it? Some, you I feel like somebody Don't in ask it, right? me who's in it. Okay. Don't ask. You know Whatever. I don't know. I know. If it's I'm not sorry. like... <laughs> there's about five people I know by... <laughs> mm-hmm. I know by name. If it is not one of those five, there is no disrespect. I am so sorry. I'm just horrible with knowing who people are for real. Like... Be for real. You know I don't know. Mm. Yeah, but that's the, fine. But it's the fine. girl in the movie, she's now a grown woman. The woman in mm-hmm. the movie who was a child at the time, she's yeah. well known. So you're going to know her when you when you look it up. Okay. I know you've probably seen her in something else because she's a popular actress. Whose name you don't know? Whose name I have no <laughs> As soon as you say, I'm be like, oh yeah, that's her name, and that's the thing. Like, I'll know it, but I just can't. Like, it, it's I can't pull it from this this brain. The the memory bank is empty. Got you. But yeah, so because of Winn Dixie is my book um, for this oh. week. If you have not read it, you know. Sorry, you Alec, you her. Anna. Well, Anna Sophia Rob. Yep, she was that's in. It. Um... <laughs> going to she was in Carrie Diaries but yes see I knew it was something I'm like I watched something else for a long time with her (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that's my book this week um okay it's really good it's quick it's a very quick read short and sweet so if you have not read it um go ahead give it a try you might like it and it's fun and lighthearted. all right I feel like I've been talking forever. I know. It's been, man, what a time. We had a time tonight, <laughs> okay? <sighs> like, I just, I feel like I need to, like, meditate or something. Girl, I don't even know. Are you about to go whip some up in the kitchen? <sighs> yeah, I got to bake these cookies for my coworker. Literally, like. Birthday? Hunt me down. Yeah. <laughs> Teacher by day. Podcaster by night, baker by weekends. A jack of all trades, people. Okay. <laughs> what can't you do? Oh, I forgot to hair. Take. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going. That's that's very true. <laughs> I'm not even going to argue you on that one. That's a good one. Uh, but if you wanted to, you could. That's the thing. You just don't want to. 
That's the thing about you that <laughs> I, I always appreciate. There are things that you can't do, but if you wanted to be good at them, you would be able to because there's nothing that you're not good at. You're oh good at everything. I am not. People... Don't, don't listen to her. Y'all heard her say earlier she ain't got no confidence, okay? I'm giving the flowers <laughs> that need to be given. The girl is good at everything. Like, you name it. If she can't do it, she gonna figure it out. I'm gonna make a way, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna make a way. <laughs> All right. I'm done talking because I'm sick of hearing myself. So, okay. this is a wrap. If you made it this far, thank you for coming back each week, listening to us. Do what we do. Spooky season is here. Today is like the technically the first day of fall. Yes. Yes. The day that we're recording is the first day of fall, which definitely means spooky season is here. Yeah. And what I better can't way? wait. <laughs> I know you can't. Are you making <laughs> like a plan? Like I think the listeners need like a spooky season TV plan. I like don't even know where to begin. Like, first off, I'm gonna get a shutter, like free trial again. Or <laughs> pay for shutter for like a month so that i have access to more things um i'm seeing the barbarian this weekend i also want to see pearl which is a prequel to x um (laughs) and there's just so many things there's so much tv i think i said it before that i was excited for the midnight club that's the mike flanagan project Mm -hmm. um and like so many other things there's also going to be like a netflix thing that's um Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. um who directed I, who I think the shape is. of water okay mm-hmm. um he's it's some like oddities thing that might be like an anthology series that seems interesting there's just there's so many things and I cannot wait yeah this is your favorite time if you are not like Tyler and you're not gonna spend your spooky season watching spooky stuff you should spend your spooky season sending us horror stories from the classroom (laughs) we want to hear your horror story something that went wrong it doesn't even have to be like horror technically like just something that was just like this is spooky like why would this happen i already know my story you already Mm -hmm. know my story Mm -hmm. i need to start sharing spooky stuff that's happening in this house honestly that's where all my spooky (laughs) My spookiness happens right in this house because my my surround sound still does not mm-hmm. work. So uh interesting. You know, I'm just let 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 the ghost have it. It's their season. So go mm-hmm. you go off. Send us your teaching horror story to carpettimeconfessions at gmail.com with the subject line horror story. We want to know about what went what went wrong. That was a tongue twister. In the classroom. What went wrong? <laughs> It didn't come out right. Probably because I'm talking too much. Um, <laughs> all, your, <laughs> all of your submissions will be anonymous. Don't worry. If Darling. You do, <laughs> if you do not want to send it via Gmail, you can also send us a DM. Let us know. We want to share your horror stories to give everybody some fun um, during spooky season. Any yes. more announcements? Um, no announcements for me. All right. Oh, last, I do want to mention that for the month of October, we are not having any guests for the month of October, but that does not mean that we don't want you to fill out the interest form so that you can come on down once October is over and share your your story with us. For the month of October, we will be having different themed episodes for the entire month. So make sure you come back, give us a listen to see 
what we have going on all next month. Yeah. Are you ready to get out of here and go make some cookies? Yes, I am. <laughs> all right. Well, thank y'all again for coming, for listening. Leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram at Carpentime Confessions, on Twitter at CT underscore confession. And come back next week and join us on the carpet. Bye.